you demented moles. It's time to dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways, and blow into your game cartridges. I'm Sam Blanford, going in like a wild cat. I'm Pat Sellers. It's hot, it's humid, and it's sticky. I'm Sean Kelly, going in like cattle trucks in a shunting yard. And I'm Simon Blanford, and we wish it was the 90s. As it is my first time hosting, it's panic stations here. But I can't afford to do that every time I'm under pressure. So, um, as you've all probably guessed from uh, those ridiculous quotes, today we're very excited to bring you a podcast on Jonah Lomu's rugby, um, arguably the best sports game ever made. Uh, But before we do, we need to give credit to... um, OGs, and I'm just going to talk about um, a podcast that I released in 2009, the Simon Blanford podcast. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, one episode in total, um, cost probably about, I think, £70 just for one episode back then in the heady <laughs> days of the internet. Um, had some big dreams that never really came to fruition. Had a few mates at the time who were overseas, Perry, Hack, and Logan Oliver. We were all big Bill Simmons fans and listened to podcasts a lot before many other people did. So Logan and I sat down after a night out at 2am in Tunbridge, Kent, and banged out a podcast about Lomu's Rugby, which might still be floating around on various people's 15-year-old iPods. I know it's online, but um, sadly, uh, no headphones can plug into it anymore. So uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Logs, the OG. Uh, We hope we don't embarrass the memory of that podcast tonight. Um, Yeah, got Logs. Yeah, and, and speaking of memories, um, we're going to take a trip down memory lane ourselves, uh, starting with uh, Pat Salas. So tell, tell the folks at home, Pat, your uh, memories of Jonah Lomu's rugby. Well, I've got memories of Jonah Lomu's rugby, but not of any uh, podcast I created in 2009 <laughs> about it. Um, what, like my greatest memories of Jonah's uh, was playing against my brother, as I suppose a lot of people would have had the same experience. Um, in the Hutt Valley, we used to go down to a place called Video Easy and hire the PlayStation if we got there early enough. <laughs> Explain to the folks at home what, what a video what was a video store. Video oh, Easy was like <laughs> Netflix, but in a building, yeah. and you could go there and rent out one show or movie at a time mm. on something called a VHS. But you could also hire a PlayStation if you didn't have one. I was more of an so amalgamated video fan. Ooh, yeah, okay. Upmarket, you were towards um, what's the flash, what's the flash areas around there? Anyway, um, <laughs> but that was eventually bought out by a global company called Blockbuster. Um, I assume that's still going really well, and uh, so we'd get that out, <laughs> and it was just hours of Jonah Lomu rugby, uh, telling our parents that we were in bed uh, every hour or so when they'd come back out. Um, <laughs> And just arguing about what the rules were, why I hadn't broken them, and mm. why he had, um, mm. which we'll get into later because everyone had their house rules in this game. Was you know it became like a like a pool match. Everyone has house rules, and um, do you fear you against Jimmy? Do. Did I fear against? How, how did I fear? Yeah, you asking me or him? Uh, obviously, brilliantly. You know, I, I <laughs> had a ninety percent strike rate. You know, I've got a great memory, you know that, after many concussions. And um, so, no, I'm pretty sure he kicked my ass. Um, but I, I, 
I used to get first choice of team and he would play like a you know a second tier team and we'd have a good go. Um but yeah. That was my memory of Jonas and still is, because I don't think I have really played it since then. Except <laughs> uh now my brother's got kids almost the age we were at the time is he's he's found a um a version of it and he's trying to get them into it and they uh they're pretty keen and seem to not throw the controllers at at each other like we used to. But, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what this is all about, passing it on to the new generation, really. Ooh, um, so, that. Sam, what about what about yours? My younger brother, Sam, uh, who no doubt he's got some memories. Um, yeah, as most games went as when we were young, um, I did a lot of watching of mm. Simon play. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was an extremely poor loser. Uh, still am. We both were. But we both I, were. I'm, yeah, no, I was way worse, and um, and so I would do a lot of watching you play your friends generally because I just couldn't hack losing to you. Um, when I so I played a lot of single player, um, a lot of territories cup, um, and not so much classic matches, but I also when when I got to high school and Simon um, was no longer in the uh, picture. Uh, Ollie Sullivan and I used to pretend we were coming home to my house to study. We'd do about 30 minutes of algebra study and then we'd uh, fire Lomu's up. Um, but I, yeah, I remember witnessing a lot of, or well, actually one memory I do have was we had hired it a lot, Simon and I, to play it. Mm. And I bought, I saved up $80 to buy a copy of it before it went platinum. And I remember Simon absolutely ripping me to pieces about why the hell did I buy that game. Um, and unbeknownst to him, he uh, he played it a lot more than me, that copy, uh, at that stage. Um, I think like two weeks later, it went platinum and it went down to like 40 bucks. Um, but I was glad I got that copy with the Joan Lomu on it, not the dud platinum copy. Silver um, banding on it. It was fantastic. I, I genuinely don't know where it is. I reckon Ollie Sullivan stole it, and then uh, it got scratched up. So if you're listening to this, Ollie, I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah, so I don't uh, – Sam and I base. I think we sort of came to an unspoken agreement with most of the sports games that we had to play cooperatively um, because if we played against each other, it just wouldn't end well. So um, I think you are right about that. My memories, um, so I guess we played it early, like literally in the 90s, and then I kind of feel like I went through a bit of a resurgence um, in the early 2000s for me. So I used to go around to Shane's, Shane Julian's house a lot, um, Kensington Ave, top floor, play a lot against Shane and his brother Ricky, uh, both excellent players, and uh, Michael Biff Pehe, who was an uh, excellent real-life rugby player. Um, couldn't quite foot it with the Julians and Lomas, but not, not a bad <laughs> player in his own right. Um and and then uh, Cam Paulick, of course, uh, used to come around a lot and play Lomu's and uh, fantastic, fantastic some Hutt Valley greats coming out in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the biggest podcast for the Hutt Valley in a long time. <laughs> yeah, a, a fantastic player and a real purist of the game as well. Uh, you know, he was a man with real principles when it came to Lomu's rugby. He knew what uh, was acceptable and what wasn't. 
and our lives yeah revolved around it far too much when one day he came to me and sort of as if he had to reveal some secret and he said simon glenn osborne real big friend real big <laughs> uh, still, still remember that as a hilarious moment and a lesson as to why we played the game far too much um but yeah those are my uh, lasting memories of the game how about yourself uh sean kelly well, i actually want to open with a really more recent memory i mean not that recent but i was at a wedding and um unfortunately not in the game but Corey jane was there and it's towards the end of the night and he was talking about how everyone has that one skill that they back themselves to be better than anyone in the room against mm. and he turned to me and he said sean <laughs> what's your skill and i said "Channel on my rugby he said no nah, mate i'll smash you at that <laughs> the early memories it was the second playstation game i owned after um formula one and i hammered a lot of solo play in those days much like sam and then much like you simon had a high school resurgence and we actually the todd mcsweeney's the david rice's of the world who are excellent players i played a lot when I was younger with Todd and Rory, like I did watch X-Men and, and they caned me. Um, but at high school, by about year 10, when we were discovering booze and silly behavior, we decided that we would host John Olomu Rugby Tournament. I think we had three. Those were quite the they were quite exclusive, weren't they? Yeah, the Super Six. Sorry, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting for my invite, mate. Um, we had a shield. Uh, GK got it made up with the same trophy people that did valleys, and um, and we had a few tournaments for the final tournament, the third tournament. We actually even hired a projector screen and put it on a big giant white wall. Great wow. experience. Probably to, nice. probably to the detriment of the game in terms of um, pixels. <laughs> um, and um, that night ended in a. Uh, several inappropriate letterboxing incidents and spewing on the on the uh, stairs outside my flat. So um, we had to bin the Lomu's tournaments. But as we live in the age of nostalgia, wish it was the 90s, would like to host a Lomu's tournament. Yeah, boy. Uh, many details to come, but at this point, I'm asking yep. for all of our... 17 followers to check if they've got a copy of the game working controllers a ps1 or two um and uh yeah i think over the next few months we could organize organize ourselves a nice little lomu's tournament and find out who is the best lomu's player in the world what are you telling me that i'm finally man. invited to one of your lomu's tournaments <laughs> yeah, you'll, it's only taken 20 years You'll have to go through the qualifying rounds, Pat. <laughs> what about what about a PS with a mod chip? Yeah, oh, that could, that could work. Those. That could work. I've got a copy of Lomu's, but I bought it in the UK, so I don't know if it'll work on a New Zealand PS. Tom Hislop has a copy over there, and he's holding on to it for another 20 years and to try and sell it on eBay. When I um, told... When I told the kids I was teaching in England that I'd just released a podcast about Jonah Lomu's rugby, um, the 
this kid who, you know, probably barely knew what rugby was, uh, the next day I just brought a copy to school. So I was able to uh, play it for the rest of my OE. But um, sadly, that's um, disappeared somewhere. Um, Sean brings up this tournament. Um, and one of the uh, contentious points of discussion, no doubt, for the settings of this tournament is, of course, the camera angle. Journal of Rugby was uh, famous for having three, two, three, two, two, three angles. Uh, <laughs> south Terrace, East Terrace, and of course, the most popular, Action Cam. Um, and Sean, for you, you a South man or yep. an East man? Tell me, tell me about that. Uh, look, Simon, I never once tampered with the view. So whichever one of those views is the standard view, that's the view I know. And um, I, I, we've made no stipulations for the tournament that we're going to host, but it'll be played in standard view. 100%. I feel like this was a, a big issue in your household because when I saw it, I thought the exact same thing was, who the fuck's changing the, the angle of the camera? <laughs> <laughs> and it's obviously one of you. <laughs> so, no, no, it wasn't an issue in our household at all. Oh, okay. We were south. Who we did were you? South Terrace. Is that the main one? No. no. So east is the default. Oh, so you've changed what? it. What? We've changed yeah, it. Yeah, you've changed it. <laughs> as we well, have gotten older, as our Lomu's experience, like when we met more, more and more people that played Lomu's, pretty much no one played on South Terrace apart from On the us. main view. Uh, no, no, Sean. East You're Terrace, East is, Terrace the, is the, the default. View. That's your one. You're can an you, East can man. we call one default and the other one the blank? <laughs> <Yeah, default. laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I have to do the never eat soggy wheat mix. And can I just can I just make a plug for South Terrace before everyone loses <laughs> it? You know, you can actually see the angles you are running on South Terrace. You know, it's it's from one the end, one end goal to the other end goal. You know, so you could actually but, see. Does Where it swing around when position changes? Nope. So how nope. do you play against someone? Like, if, one's at the bottom of the screen, one's at the top of the screen. And does and it change at running, half time? Running from north to south would be horrendous, wouldn't it? No. Yeah, it's like that awful level on Crash Bandicoot. What about goal, and goal, <laughs> kicking, goal, kicking on, goal kicking on East Terrace is a lottery. No, you can't, no it's not. Terrace, you can see the angle. No. Simon, if you've got stock in this game, you don't miss your kicks. <laughs> no, he's meaning kicks in play, I think. Oh, sorry. Apologies. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm, meaning both. I'm meaning both. It was better to kick a goal on South Terrace too. You had better, better uh, camera angles. That's been, that's been the, be the strongest part of your sale so far. That's actually, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. A lot of yeah. arguments that came that, that people would say to us were, well, I don't, if I'm playing down the screen, I don't know when my halfback is available to pass the ball. It's like, well, the halfback just runs behind and you can see someone standing there. Whereas on East Terrace, like the little um, icon ap appeared at the bottom of the mm -hmm. halfback's feet or whoever was going to be playing halfback. Um, so right you memory. knew when you could pass it. Um, right but it, it also what, said what pass about... available on the screen. What about pass direction if you're going north to south, running down yep. the screen? Yep. So a right-handed pass is still R1? R1. So no, it's just it's just literally Sorry, the, the way of the, the, right. the way of the, the right pass. Handed. So it's 
L1 if you're going to the left as you're looking at the screen, and then R1 if you're looking at the screen yeah. to the right. So it's the same. Which makes same a lot of sense. I cannot support this, yeah. and you've upset that, me. That, take, that takes it <laughs> out. That takes hey, well, out any ground you made with the kicking for territory. Uh. What did you play at home? South Terrace? South Terrace? East Terrace? Hit us up in the slacks. Let us know. Are Sam and I crazy, or is the default you the best? Are there um, any weirdos out there using the action cam? maybe we should do the tournament with action cam just to really fuck with everyone good leveler good leveler just but just in the final 15 minutes of action cam yeah really change it up i won't have to worry about it when i make it there i think by the time um like because everyone that we played against played east terrace you know we got used to it I think I struggled with East Terrace initially because of the passing, because I'm holding the the uh, remote or control. Why am I calling it a remote? The control, and I would often pass the wrong way. Noob, I know, but because I'm not, I was used to South Terrace and passing away the L1 and R1 was actually facing the screen. Um, I found it quite hard to figure it out after a while. I got better, obviously. So... Um... Pat, you earlier in your memories alluded to some house rules. Um, so today we've got a bit of a list of some potentially contentious issues uh, when it came to Lomu's rugby. What was acceptable, what wasn't. One of my most painful memories is um, uh, playing against Shane Julian and him being on the 22 and then him all of a sudden uh, screaming at the TV with ball in hand, here comes the Gary. And up would go uh, Gary Owen. And uh, I would always complain this was cheap because you were basically making it a 50-50 chance whether you scored a try. You know, there were two leapers. If you got there in time, it was 50-50, thus taking a lot of skill out of the game. Your thoughts, please. I've never had anyone be contentious over a Gary Owen. Yeah, I can spare. Especially, you know... If you are either playing with a weaker team or are the weaker player and you've you've got to give a bit to chance, just like a real game of footy, you've got to throw yep. everything at it, I think that's fair. And if you well, were the better player or, you know, even players and you're on the better team, you're probably not going to leave it to 50-50. You're going to, you're going to feed the speed and get it to, long, get it or to whatever left wing is capable of offend <laughs> and you're over. Okay, Sam. Yours, please. Um, yeah, I think probably being a bad Lomu's player now, I would probably do a lot more Garys um, because it is a bit more of a lottery and I might have a chance. I'd probably do a Gary into the in goal because it's a mark if you catch it in the 22, but it's not in the in goal. Um, I think with It's a Welsh the... place, Gary Owen. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, they're big in goals. Um, with, with any of these things, like the way I play PlayStation or games is I don't like cheeses, basically. So I don't mind someone doing a Gary or I don't mind someone offloading, but I don't like them doing it all the time. Like like a cheese is basically like, you know what I mean by a cheeser? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, explain. Uh, it's it's like, like someone who ducks down in Mortal Kombat and just does the, the ankle kick the whole time. Yeah. I like that. I'm the old scumbag. That. Used to describe mm. strategies or ways of playing I would, that are really I would have said powerful. A scumbag. Yeah. 
I'm definitely a scumbag in every fighting game I've ever played. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested about the Gary Owen and, and at what point did you guys realize that you didn't have to face the wrong way to put one up? You could just bang one forward and then quickly press back and it would go up rather mm. than long. Yeah, it was a real life-changing moment for us diehard longest players, really. Yeah, you just pick it up off the back of the scrum as the halfback, take two steps towards the goal line, kick towards your goal line and put a Gary Owen up. And then one day you learned that you could pass it straight to Murdens, press back, up she goes. I think I figured I think I think figured that out at about quarter past eight. 30th of March, 2022. <laughs> You're dating this podcast here, Pat. <laughs> Not releasing this for a few months. Um, oh, one that should be less contentious, I think, is the uh, issue of bunting. So we have to accept that bunting surely is cheap. Um. I don't know, like, well, yes, yeah, like, it's it's cheap. But I think the real point of contention isn't whether or not it's frowned upon, it's whether or not it's allowed. Yeah, setting the ground rules from the get-go. We, um, yeah, we were very, very anti-bunting to the point where it wasn't even attempted. Um, and if you got away with a bunt sort of mistakenly, um and you, you actually had to return, but, you know, if you were sort of running off, you had to return back and have a sort of voluntary <laughs> tackle. Um, at what the point what would happen in a game, Simon, mm -hmm. if you were playing and mm -hmm. someone just threw that out the door, scored off a bunt, scoreline says they win? Um, that might, yeah, it's a get out. It's, it's, a, it's a gots to go situation, first and foremost. Um, and secondly, um, if it's, if yeah, I get what you're saying. If the game's over, sure. But if that had happened to happen in one of our games, then that person off the kickoff would have had to leave the ball, let the other team get the ball, and let them score a try to even it up. Uh, was yeah. that, it was just not even a part of the game at all. It's like Formula Sorry. One. I mean, like, you, they do like a overtake that they're not allowed to do, and then they have to give it back. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can recall a, a final where Rice bunted um, Chingy. And, um, I mean, Rice loves getting booed anyway, but boy, did he get booed. But, you know, the score stood. Could you um, smother a bunt? Yes. Smother tackle? Yes, and you were more likely to drop the ball if the, if the smother ended up going to ground. What if that result stood if it wasn't Rice arguing the point? Or did he just talk his way through? Uh, just literally getting more confident the louder the booze are. I got an interesting thing on bunting. I didn't know what bunting was. And then one day in year nine or year 10 at Silverstream, uh, Jason Baker was talking up the bunt. He'd discovered the bunt. And it was the talk of town, of the town. And wouldn't tell anyone how to do it. And so there slowly became the small group of people who could bunt and the rest of us could not. And I recall vividly one afternoon after school, uh, myself and Ricky Jones playing Lomu's and one of us accidentally bunting whilst in the in goal and the hysteria of the bunt. <laughs> and then the next hour of trying to recreate it. I think, I just think, although it was certainly frowned upon, 
it was just slightly more accepted when we were playing as a cheap cheap move, something that you shouldn't do, but part of the game. So I agree with what you're saying. Is it in? It's obviously then not in the manual. No. So is it part of the game or is it a glitch? Uh, well, it's a glitch, isn't it? It's not in the manual. It's a glitch. Yes. You know, it's a, it's almost a glitch or a cheat because if you think about you know Shane Warne's cricket, your uh, your Superman, your um, Solid Oak, your cheats and Shane Warne's. What was the catching one? Uh, I can't remember what that one was. Um, but um, you know those were those are actual cheats. You know, so it's either a cheat or a glitch. Either way, it's not not a not a part of a game that not a, not not a proud part of our game really. What? How do we? How how do you differentiate bunting from offloading? It's essentially the same glitch. Um. Well, that's a really mm-hmm. good segue there, um, Sean, because. But- so a lawyer people... like David Rice argue that it's passing, so passing's in there. The, uh... Every time I played, offloading was part of the game. Just yeah, absolutely I mean, I... part of the game. When I played with the aforementioned Cam Pollock, um, offloading was uh, not part of the game. Uh, and I think the reasoning behind this was, you know, we it's a bit, bit of a silly argument to, to say that we're trying to be realistic, but I will make it. Because, <laughs> you know, with offloads, you know, were regular pass left to right. Um, by the way, w- what a great feature was the L1 and L2 feature, you know, the skip pass. That was just <laughs> such a simple, wonderful feature, but but I digress. Um, you know, you could be going to ground in a tackle and then your offload could be this like 10-metre bullet either side and, and that would just happen time and time and time. And time. You know, offloads aren't bullets, but these passes were absolute bullets and you could mm. just get so good at them that it was almost impossible to stop without the old um, circle, you know, the, the grapple tackle, as it were. Um, now, of course, they were, they were, I think they were more part of the game, but our house rules were no offloads uh, at my house. But if you played at Shane's, you know, offloading, I mean, that was his bread and butter. So you can imagine Shana absolutely loving an offload. He loved it. And, and maybe a frown upon bunt every now and then just to rack someone up. Even Shane, even Shane had his limits. Come on. I'm surprised Pollock was uh, anti-offloads. Um, From what I remember of Cam going back a number of years, he was a big leaguey fan, so I would have thought he'd been all about them. Big leaguey, yeah, yeah, but a, but a but purist. Does he still have that Renoff headgear? He had, <laughs> does he still have it? Uh, good question. More Menzies, more Menzies than anything. No, I, I gave Cam Pollock my Jeff Tuvey Seagulls jersey when we were at Hunter Media, and then he returned it to me when we were about 18 after a few nights at Zebos. Oh, good. <laughs> good man. Um, I, I've got a, well, I've, that leads to another question that I have, um, I guess for everyone, but mainly for Simon, who wanted to make the game realistic. Hmm. The sidestep is in the manual. Great point. But that is a very unrealistic move. Mm. You, you move like five meters. Yeah, I mean they do. tried. But it is like in the to, manual, but it is in the manual. I'd like to throw in an edit there as well. Simon said the L one and L two was a skip ball. I think it was just L two because L one and L two would have been a fend, wouldn't it? 
Correct. No, well, sorry, sorry. What I meant was L one was yeah. the pass next to the next to you, and L two was the skip pass. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't um, articulate that very well. Just You're keeping right. you honest, mate. Just keeping you right. honest. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Confused um, me enough to remember the sidestep. <laughs> that was L one <laughs> and R one, eh? Yeah. Yep. It yep. Was. Yep. Sometimes just hitting the ball on a different angle was better than a sidestep, though. Like, yeah, the sidestep. Oh, hundred percent. But I, just and every now and so then, realistic if, in, too. Like even if yeah. the sidestep was better, you're like, this looks so much more realistic when you just like bounce in or bounce out. That's a great. That's a great point, Pat. And I just want to develop that point because what you're saying there is, and just to counter Sean's point, which and you are right, it's not the most realistic thing. The sidestep very rarely gave you an advantage. Is, yeah. is what Pat I think I is saying, so. and I agree with that. So therefore, it was allowed because I don't think it gave you this crazy advantage. It didn't work very often, and when it did work, it was a wow moment. You know, everyone was like, oh, it, you know, applause. You can pull off a sidestep five meters out in a one on one. That's good to watch. Great to watch. Good for our game. And, and, and it matches that universal rule you've just came up with: is that it had to be in the manual, and it's in the manual. So in the manual. Yep. Yep. Fending was also on the list, by the way, of, of <sighs> house rules, and we have to accept fending, don't we? Fending is part of the game. It's what game made Jonah the best player. Good. We're not playing under sevens ripper rugby where you can't fend. No, uh, we we we. I mean, this this. I'm not sure many people have talked about this one or whether this is a house rule or not. I've written it down in our run sheet just just for the folks at home. Is um, square circling for rucks. Now now, <laughs> what I mean by square circling for rucks is that to enter the ruck was circle to leave the ruck was square and there was a way by pressing incredibly quickly circle square circle square circle square you could sort of shunt the ruck forward some would say unnaturally and that was banned in uh, (laughs) the household the square circle this is where you get your finger under your t-shirt and rub them across the buttons really fast so that really helped. We'll get a pencil out or something. But this was definitely our biggest house rule. Like this is an absolute no-no, and it was uh, it was definitely the house rule that was broken the most as well. Caused many arguments between me and my brother. So, what's what's your um what what was your rationale for that being a house rule, Pat? The no square circle in the rucks. Um, I think my rationale at the time was that my brother was better at it, and but. <laughs> uh, but I reckon it ruins the flow of the game as well. Like, I reckon it was pretty well set up to give you X amount of phases and you've got to keep uh, making ground. Otherwise, you end up turning the ball over. And I reckon that sort of kind of fucks the flow. Mm. You're making excuses for your slow fingers. You know, you know I'm with you. I'm with, Bob, five years you, older you, than me. Bob, you seem to disagree <laughs> with that. Oh, mate, I, look, and I remember I owned this game for a long time and only ever played it single player. Um, I didn't even know that other people were fanatics. And then I, um, and I, and I went around to the McSweeney's once and like, you came for Lomus? I was like, I fucking love Lomus. I'm going to smash you guys. I play the heaps. <laughs> and, and Rosa and Chingy both would have put 50 on me just because I didn't know this ruck glitch. And I never didn't use it again. I mean, to compete, sure. I mean, look, if I was playing at a house where, you know, that was allowed, of course, you got, you're going to use it, right? You just don't want to lose by 40 points every time and not win a single ruck. 
Um, but I felt like, you know, just to, to sort of reiterate what Pat said there, it was kind of a purer way of deciding who won the ruck, right? If you got the numbers there early, you should win the ruck. Um, whereas there could be some freak like Steve Tutoha, uh, absolute freak. Simpson. Absolute freak at the old square circle. And uh, it, it could almost ruin the game, you know, how, uh, how many rucks you could win when you didn't really deserve to win them, just apart from the fact you were just a freak at pressing square circle, which some could argue is a skill in of itself, um, which I grant you. But it's not footy, though. Like you don't it's you not. don't see Artie Savier getting turnovers by entering and leaving the ruck fifty times <laughs> in the span of ten seconds. <laughs> see, this game is a form of rugby unto itself. Yeah. So it the, is, these little is. parts of the game are just things that I accept as lomus, and I love that. There's no other rugby game that has these things. Mm. It, it's, it adds, the, it's the best gameplay ever. Yep. Were there even penalties? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Just no knock-ons. But you They're could play without them. Yeah, if you if you didn't play without them, you could just stand in the pass between yeah, the half back right. and the first five and catch it and run off. Yeah. But you had oh, to play remember with them that. if you were doing the yeah. classic matches. Mm. Wouldn't let you stand in the All Blacks back line with uh Masuho to, oh, to, right? to to win that one. It's good. What <laughs> There, there's this is quite a um, topical um, possible cheap thing to do, and I'm not necessarily agreeing that it is cheap, but we'll put it out there. You get a penalty, um, you kick for touch five meters out from the person's goal line, you win the line out, um, and you have a pushover try with a maul. Um, what are our thoughts on the slads? Fair or foul? Absolutely Cattle chucks. Fine. Absolutely fine. That I mean, if people are going to sit here and argue about what's rugby and what's not, that's the rugbyest rugby that ever rugbyed. That's Heineken Cup rugby there. I was going to say, that's classic English forward play. Yeah. If you've, yeah. If you've no, been doing I, the work on okay. Tuesday okay. and Thursday to have a set piece like that, then go for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's another thing, though, that I feel like uh, I, I can just see tight games where someone scored off a pushover and controllers are thrown and like oh. cheap prick and Absolutely. but you know that's rugby often, <laughs> I thought you were going to say you five often... metres sorry huh? go on go on I thought you were going to say five metres out line out catch it six metres in the air and just run through the air and score <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's a little harder to do in the real game yeah, that's one of the hardest glitches there is how Funny you, glitch though. How Funny often did glitch. You opt yeah. For a uh, short line out in this game. Yeah, basically never for me. My line out yeah. was pretty much impenetrable. So I just um, brave words it. with a tournament on the horizon. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, Cam, no, I, I'm taking. Notes. I remember watching you and Cam a lot, <laughs> and Cam would do a short line out against you because he couldn't compete with your line out, and so therefore he. Even the odds by doing short lineouts. Would he just throw to? Would he just throw straight to one and bring his props sprinting straight forward? to straight to Obugu at one? <laughs> that's great stuff, though. But that's like real, real rugby. Like you know, absolutely playing, no, playing no it to get a set piece. So he brought in a short lineout to try and mix things up. Oh no! Issues How good was this game? <laughs> what, what, what was game. the 
what was the trick to doing a like i remember watching people doing like a pushover scrum or like being able to shunt the scrum real far and i didn't know what to do it was like dig in this was square and push was circle but yeah, it was but different to doing them all you press the other yeah. button again held it for a bit and then let it off which yes. mm. i'm trying to remember yeah. Square well, the square circle, slightly, yeah. slightly, slightly more finesse required than a ruck. No, yep. put the square back down, right, and then you lift it, let it off again, and you do a push. Yep, that's Just right. So kind of like we're rugby because you can, you know. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed that. And One, the two, old three, um, heave. <laughs> who could forget the uh, South African pack weight? The only weight in the game that was over eight hundred kgs combined. Man, mountains they were. <laughs> uh, I think you'll find Team Lomu was nine hundred. <laughs> <laughs> How could I forget? 118 kilos, Joan Lowy would have been uh, at that stage. Uh, good point, Sean. Good point. And uh, this is this is a very contentious one as well. Um, game endings. Now, I feel like this yeah. is this this caused the most strife for people around uh, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, what are the ways that one can end a game uh, and not be cheap? Um, people were very mad. If you kick the ball out, uh, if you end up with a penalty goal, um, what, what, what's fair and what's foul in uh, this situation, lads? Yeah, I'm going to go against every other argument that I've made to say it has to be like with rugby and say you can't kick that. Got to <laughs> give the you got to give them a running chance. A lot of my experiences with tournament play, um, we played a lot of tournaments and. When it's not for pride, it's for more. That sort of behavior of kicking it out and stuff like that still will create a salty scenario. But, you know, we legitimately played for a shield, you know. You mm. needed those points. Mm. Well, it could come down to points difference into making the playoffs. And you definitely didn't want to come last and get that little horse's ass. <laughs> so... I think if I played now, I'd be all for whoever's winning when the whistle goes, you can kick it out. God, no, no. I think let the game I go. Was, I think when I was young, I was definitely against that. But I'm, yeah, I'm with Sean. I just think it's, there's too much on the line. And and if I was winning, I'd and I kicked it out. And if they were salty, I'd be like, look, I'm just too worried you're going to score a score a ridiculous try. Mm. Yeah, it out. Or running along the sideline. Yeah, that's, that was tackled. A, that was my go to dropping it out. Yeah, yeah. So similar tactic. That's a real we, fake we were, tempter. When we were kids, we used to play rugby in the backyard, and the best way to score a try was to run down the fence line with a concrete fence because I knew my older brother wouldn't throw me into the brick fence. But geez, <laughs> I scored a lot of tries. After listening to Sean, <laughs> who I'm going to call the Glitch King from now on. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> Tarnish my name. After listening to Sean, I reckon uh, he would have done the, the ultimate glitch. Run into the, uh, when there was an out, do a quick throw in the goal, in the in goal. So it was a oh, the cause of 22. Out. I wasn't afraid to catch a penalty and kick it so that the penalty scorer would have to kick off too. <laughs> Absolute glitch, King. But I would never do that in a tournament game. That's more for shits and giggles. I do have some standards. We'll yeah. find out if that's the truth. Um, well, 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 just the laughs, as we called them at the time. 
in the old days. Um, yeah, there's another glitch that um, we used, not a glitch really, but another thing that used to happen all the time was that at the end screen, after you know the winner had demanded to look at all the game stats, territory, possession, you know, all those uh, important statistics, of course, you'd get out of the game and then it would say replay match. And often, you know, we're playing this in our twilight Lomu years, you know, before uni or after uni. So you've been in a bit, bit of a rush sometimes, you know, or your parents were coming home and they were going to get mad at you for playing a 15-year-old game um, <laughs> <laughs> whilst still living at home. And so you're in a hurry to get the next game done. And so for Cam and I, it was basically always New Zealand. I was New Zealand, he was England because he was a better player than me. And there was a replay match screen. And some of our biggest arguments was when we both pressed down at the same time. And it went from <laughs> to yes and then back up to no, replay match no, and you had to go through the rigmarole of starting the game again. Um, yeah. It was probably something that only us encountered, to be fair. Nah, yeah, me and my brother had that as well. Yeah, that, that was constant. And we decided you had to go with whatever, whatever happened. So you'd have to replay the game if, you had re- if it ended up with a reset match. Yeah, just oh, yeah. had to play it out because you know, play it as it lies. Play as it lies. Okay. Um, good. Um, I think that's a good segue into tears. You mentioned um, you were England and he was. Oh no, you were New Zealand and he was England. Yeah. Uh, so, tear discussion. Um, obviously, the ABs are number one on that list. But um, something that may not be as clear is teams two, three, four. Um, and maybe five. So you've got, I think, in contention, uh, your old Tri-Nations teams. New Zealand, we'll take them as red. South Africa, Australia, so that's possible two and three. England and France. Um, would you put anybody else in the top five? Or am I missing somebody there? No. Definitely not. Mm. Those are the five I've got. They're not just sort of um, go off finishing order in the 95 World Cup with New Zealand and South Africa obviously reversed because it's Jonah alone with Ruby. Well, this is interesting. I think there's really interesting things to consider. Um, Fascinating. The, the thing that led me to selecting my teams if I had the choice was easily identifiable wingers, especially the left wing for the Fend. Mm. And, and so from my point of view... I would prefer uh, South Africa and England over Australia and France for um, Chester Williams and uh, Rory Underwood. 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 Mm. Uh, You're telling me you you couldn't tell the difference between Saint André and Delo? To say the least. (laughs) <laughs> that's a good point i've never thought about that before so having said that sean what's your what's your order i go new zealand south africa england oh the, the interesting thing about england is another thing that plays into it and this is probably my favorite most rugby realistic thing about this game is england if it's a long game they're in trouble if you're hammering turbo, you're running out of gas with England. And the other thing I noticed about England is that 
more likely to lose the ball in contact, which yep. also relates to the actual English rugby team and their incredibly large unco forwards. <laughs> yeah. Such a realistic game. Grayson was, Grayson was a real big culprit, though, to be fair, English team. Yeah, I love Grayson. He was absolutely so quick off the mark. Great boot, but um, you tried to pass it before you hit the contact with Grayson because he did lose it a lot. Um, however, you know, sure, he did break our hearts in 95 World Cup, but I thought Stransky was a pretty pedestrian first five, really. Um, and I, boot? Yeah, good boot, but he was pretty slow. He wasn't Michael Liner slow, mm. but he was pretty slow. Um, also I, realistic. Yeah, I, but I thought mm. English, the English side just had a couple of really good Lucys. Um, the South African Lucys, I don't know about how good they were. And I thought Williams, because it was so obvious, like so unbelievably obvious who he was, uh, I say that because he was obviously shorter than small, um, mm. you know, he wasn't the quickest as well. And I just felt like as soon as he got the ball, you're like, as defensively, danger man, smother. danger man, you know, so smother, smother, smother. And he didn't quite have that pace that, that Underwood had, I, I felt. Um, Underwood was good. Under, um, yeah, there's, I mean. There's no denying Underwood it. Underwood was really good, yeah. So that, I mean, I he really still is. Got... The game hasn't changed, but. So sorry, Sean, you've got New Zealand, South Africa, England, and then. France, Australia, in what order? Um, honestly, probably France. But based on that same theory of Saint-André was a little bit easier to identify than... Intimate. Um, Just a little bit. Yeah. No, the Australian left winger, is that James Small? Uh, no, Smith. Oh, Smith, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. yeah the whole time. Australian backline's a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they probably they could have probably made Horan and Little a bit better. They they kind of gypped them a bit. I felt like they were. Smith uh, had black hair. Horan was outstanding. Smith yeah, did have one. black. Smith did have black hair. So did Campo. No, no. So did Matt Burke. That was the Burke. problem. Ah, Burke, she? And, Burke <laughs> and Smith were identical. And the amount of times you were playing with Australia, you put on a huge fend with what you thought was Smith and somebody smashed Matt Burke and, you know, you and, would have lost that run. what we know as New Zealanders is that Matt Burke is a pussy. <laughs> um, Pat, what about your, your uh, tier? Well, yeah, off best teams, I thought it was always finishing order of 95 World Cup, which I'm actually just looking at. But... Um, didn't realise they had a third playoff where France beat England. But I I always just thought it was based off that. Um, I think it still is, but I mean, I haven't played the game since I was a kid. Um, but yeah, I thought it was finishing order with South Africa and New Zealand obviously reversed because it's John Lewis rugby. <laughs> um, so New Zealand, South Africa, France, England. Yeah, what about I think you, the makers of the game took the poisoning out of the uh, situation mm. and, and just played things how they really were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam, do you, I've got do you have an order, mate? Fair. Yeah, yeah. Pretty clear order for me. Um, New Zealand, England, France, South Africa, Australia. Ooh, France three. Interesting. Oh, uh, I, I yeah, thought... I really like I really like playing with France. It was also because they had Philippe Salah, who I thought mm. you know, was probably a relative with a close enough last name. That's how I thought <laughs> things were. And your French um, uh, ancestry, right? 
<laughs> Pretty sure I'm Scottish, but uh, all the Fords they probably good. proved it. Um, oh, the French Fords, French Fords were good. Um, also, Lacra was a um, fantastic second fly. He actually was the fly half for France in the '95 World Cup, I believe. But they had him as second five. Did um, he kick their goals he, in the game? Yeah, he did. He was. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Who, who else was like? Because basically, I'd assume all the Mono teams they were just like, we'll just make the first five the kicker. Nah, well, nah. We'll touch, we'll touch on that later. We'll, we'll touch on that later. Interesting. Because you got obviously Hastings and Lacroix. Yeah, Hastings and Lacroix. Everyone else, sort of first fives. Goal kickers, I can't though. think of anyone else that kicked. I can. But what one of the big teams? Oh no, on Minnows. Oh Minnows, I know. Uh, interesting. Um, I, I wonder if that that French situation with the the swapping of the positions there is something to do with what position they played in the playoff. Because we know that the All Blacks fifteen is sort of based on the World Cup final to a certain degree, rather than what probably is the best fifteen of the All Blacks for the World Cup. Michael Jones is not starting. Yeah, because he had Church. Hmm. But it's funny because um, this game was actually released in 96 and we missed out on getting Christian Callan. Who... Was it 96 or 97? Devastating. 97. Devastating, no, Callan. Um, okay, so I think Australia are the losers there. Um, well, what so about you, Si? What's yours? You are, I, I actually don't disagree. I think England for, uh, are easily second for me. That would have been my choice just because I think their backs and their Lucys are really, really good, apart from Rodba. Richard's fantastic. Um Backline, really good. And, and Slight Home actually had a bit of a fend as well. You know, Slight Home was no mug. He was mint. It was sharp. He was sharp. Yeah, and I felt like he didn't... He did... I mean, Bob, you said, he, you know, you, you're in a bit of trouble with England turbo-wise. But I felt there were other wingers that lost their turbo faster than Slight Home. Um, and yeah, no, Slight Home, was, Slight Home was good on the pace. I think it was more just... The, that was more a generalisation of the whole England side of running out of steam. And in particular their pension for coughing up the pill in the contact. Yeah, no, very fair. Um, and I think one interesting thing was we've all kind of thought that Aussie are last on that list. I thought Liner was just terrible. Um, the Smith-Burke problems. Um, yeah, they just weren't, weren't a great side. So, And I don't think that's out of any uh, parochialism on our part. You know, I think we'd all admit if they were a great side, but they probably just weren't. Um, Journal Lomu's Rugby, one of the great two-player games, universally recognised, at least within a great nation, as, as that. Um, but little do some people know that it is actually a one-player game as well, and one of the features of the one-player game were classic matches. Um, now, of course, I never, I have to say, I have to come clean, I never got to the Holy Grail. Uh, beating New Zealand with Japan, um, but I did waste a lot of time trying to do it. Um, any memories? Actually, why I'm drinking Asahi tonight in honour oh. of my great victory against the All Blacks. How did you do it, Bob? Bunt, cheap tactics, uh, probably. Oh no, because it was before I knew the bunt. I really? think you could play classic matches without penalties, so that was part of it. But also, you know, you've got. Masuho, um, the number, what was the number eight's name? No. Blank. Oh, God, the, we're going to get slaughtered in the slack. But he could fend off his back. Um, Horikoshi. 
That was not his name. Yeah, he's a halfback. He could fend. What a player, Horik. Actually, great fender. Great yeah. fender. So, learn, you know, grinding your... And I think I sort of alluded to this earlier, but this was only a one-player game for me for the first three, year, three years of ownership. And so I grinded. Simon and Sam know I'm a grinder. We do. And so I slowly worked out and who who were the key players, how was I going to do this, and scumbagged my way through it. And we were kids. Like we had time to just grind and grind and go through the phases of, why did they even make this? This can't be done. This is stupid. And then you finally get there. <laughs> I feel like by the sounds of it in the Blandford household, this wasn't necessary because Sam was watching Simon play as friends. <laughs> I uh, I played a lot of one player, uh, not two player, and I did a lot of territories cup, but not classic matches. I got to the final match, um, but I, I didn't know how to bunt. I watched a YouTube clip uh, recently of a guy beating New Zealand with Japan, and it was all bunts. Basically, that's how we did it. There were no fins. To make it like easier. That. Well, he didn't say that. It was just part of the game that he played, obviously. He was a bunter. Uh, but yeah, I've heard weird people. House rules. Yeah, weird. I've heard people. Well, you don't play the house rules on one player. I don't, I don't think whoa, I can whoa, think whoa, of. Whoa. I can't yeah, think of many more depressing yeah. things than uh, winning classic matches through bunting in one player mode. I, 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 that, that was really depressing. I'm 100% sure, no, 98% sure that there weren't penalties on classic matches. No, so they weren't. Stand, you could just stand in the back line. Yeah, to get the ball back and then work to your fenders. So, I think it was a. Go on, Bob. So, I think for memory, that particular classic match started at a point where you needed three tries. Yeah, you were down like 17 3 or something like that. And I remember the first time I scored three tries, I butchered the kick in the corner from the corner. (laughs) Oh, that's that's hard. Wouldn't it happen on South Terrace? Yeah, definitely wouldn't. You would have slotted it on South. I, don't change talk, the camera. Don't, don't talk to me about South. I'm I'm upset that you even brought that back up. <laughs> so that's not how you got the famous Team Rage, Team Lomo and Codemasters teams, though, right? Was was that right or Territories Cup? So. Yeah, the territories, baby. That's why I've got such a great knowledge of the minnows, which we'll come up to soon. I mean, that is also great grinding. Like you're playing in the Pacific Cup and you've got to try and work out which Pacific nation is going to be the best one for you to win this cup. And I think from memory, probably Samoa. Was it just was it just Tonga, Fiji, Samoa? Was that all in the Pacific one? Yeah. I was a big fan of going the worst team in whatever cup it was. Um, so I was always Italy in the Five Nations. Oh, no, it wasn't. They weren't in it. Um, sorry, no. Wales in the Five Nations. Mm. I was always um, Canada in the Americas Cup, Canada, <laughs> USA, and Argentina. And I was always What a Palmer. shame that New Zealand Maldi weren't in that like they were <laughs> in the 2000s. Was Hong Kong in one of those cups, I feel like? The Asia Cup? Asia Cup with who were the other two teams? Japan. Yep. 
And Chinese Taipei. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that Laksanga Songpong? Singapore. Singapore. Oh, good stuff. But once like you Singapore did... didn't make the Asia Cup. No, oh, no. Was he Singapore or Thailand? Thailand. Definitely Thailand. Definitely Thailand's Thailand. in there. Sing- was Singapore a team, though? I don't think so. Thailand were def. I think Singapore Singapore were a team. Oh, I take it back them. then. They were a team, and um, yeah. Apologies so to our won. Singapore listeners. Oh, we got a lot of Singaporean fans out there. Kieran Ranchod, shout out. Um, <laughs> but how? How? So that's how you access Team Rage, Team Lomu, and of course the jewel in the crown, Codemasters. <laughs> <laughs> The greatest mug off yeah. in um, gaming history, Codemasters. Yeah, I mean, look, the Darling brothers were a force to be reckoned with, but apart from David Darling and the other one, <laughs> um, they weren't they weren't a great unit compared with Team Rage and Team Lomu. Who was better, by the way, Team Rage or Team Lomu? Team Lomu. Because uh, no, th- Team Rage were more fun, just because you had that. Yeah. Little oh guy. yeah, Mather, Mather, Mather. But was that some kind of mug off between the developers? How like Team Rage was real mint and Codemasters was. It's got to be right. Why else would one of the the developers' teams be mint and the other developers' team be awful? Yeah, I feel like Rage got the final cut. I'd be so angry if I was just a average player on rage you know if i was one of the developers you know like mather he's famous 27 years later what what yeah. i want to know is he must have been, like, been more than f- he must have been would have been more than 15 developers per company so how did you make the 15 mm. yeah. how long are you going to pretend that we know how games are made they probably <laughs> I probably just didn't care and didn't realise that people would still be talking about it 20-plus years later. McCabe. McCabe. Was McCabe... So McCabe was the kicker? No. Yeah, couldn't he kick from the 22? He could. But he had stamina issues with his boot. Did he? Maybe, I I don't know. I could be... Obviously, Mather had massive stamina issues. Real, real quick off the mark. But... Turbo wouldn't last. Yeah, but what a fan too, though, Mather. He's fending as well as Lomu. Yeah. But that's why Lomu, the team Lomu has to be the best team because they had 15 fenders with 15 big boots and 15 yeah. quick guys and, for some reason, 15 exceptional goal kickers. Yeah, great. <laughs> great goal kicker, Lomu. I've got a question because I can't remember. If you, say, scored five tries and kicked five conversions, did it identify your different Lomus, or did it just say five tries to Lomus, <laughs> Lomu and five conversions to Lomu? Definitely just Lomu. Oh, no. It's it, a, did, nah. it said Lomu, 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 but yes. if one Lomu got more than one, it would say Lomu, two. Yep. Oh, so it identified Lomu. its indiv- individual Lomus. Yeah, it yes, didn't say it Lomu, identified. Couldn't you tell the difference, Sean? Well, it's... It's like uh, it's like the Australian backline. I had no idea. <laughs> I think that could have been one minor flaw in an otherwise perfect game. Maybe numbers on the back would have been good. 
I have an image of um, a YouTube video of the game in front of me, and I don't think they have the pixels for it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, you're probably right. Might have been asking probably. a bit too much. Now, I mean, they couldn't even. They couldn't even do blonde hair. Everyone with blonde hair just looks bald. <laughs> I think they're doing really well to give the All Blacks white collars. Yeah, no fair. Yeah. Nice fair. touch. It would have only been good if you were playing on South Terrace anyway. Great point. Another, another great point about South <laughs> um, Okay, so I retract that criticism about the numbers. Um, yeah, retract all um, your criticisms, please. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Um, we want to move on to the minnows now. Yes. Um, one of the I great just had a question. It, it, might be, it might be coming up later, but at what point do you get the barbarians and the lions? I don't great remember question. barbarians or the lions being in the game at all. That oh, rings game. a bell to me. No, nah, they definitely were. Because uh, Jeff Olsen used to play fullback for the Barbarians. It was quite a yes. Cool, uh, yes. bonus. Yes. And the Barbarians had the classic black and white. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was in the Territories Cup before you got Rage, Lomus, and Codemasters. You unlocked yeah, I think so. the Barbarians and British and Irish Lions. Well, they weren't the British and Irish Lions then. And it was only two teams, though. It was just those two, I think. And you played one game, maybe? Yeah, I I can't remember. The Slacks might be able to tell us. Yeah. yeah. Any fond memories of playing with the Barbarians or the uh, British Lions, hit us up in the Slacks and um, we'll do our best to reminisce as well. Yeah, I'd um, love to. Yeah, if anyone remembers what those teams were, that would have been pretty cool. Mm. Yes, um, yeah, the actual lineups. So I've got a few questions now about minnows. So we've got many minnows, and one of the great parts of this game was just giving a bit of publicity to, you know, your Sri Lankas of the world, your, your Thailands, um, who I didn't even realise played rugby at all. Um, I'm going to cut you off again, Simon, because I'm a terrible podcaster, but I just Googled it. It was the British Lions, the Barbarians, and the World 15. Ah, oh, oh, yes. Man. That does yeah. ring about the World 15. Mm-hmm. Sorry, as you were. Sorry, Des. Quite all right. I had to know. Cut that out. Do we have favourite minnows or favourite players from Minnow Nations? He's already been mentioned, but Laksunga Songpong with the kick. <laughs> I, was, I was a much bigger fan of his, uh, his flanker counterpart from Thailand, Rajad John Jitakong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was always special when that was called out, eh? Because Laksanasom Pong, as great as it was, he was the first five, and that was you heard it all the time. You heard it all the time, right? Whereas when you heard that Rajan John Jitakon, that was a great moment. Well, you'd have to, you know, as a Hut Valley kid, you had to like Tonga because you got some uh, Hut Valley greats there with uh, Phil Rousey. I'll stop you there. Did he play for Tonga? Nah, mm. Fiji. He was in the game. <laughs> oh, sorry, Fiji. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, 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 good. Um, yeah, sorry. Just, just yeah, had, to, had to correct you there, Pat. Um, and, of course, you know, you get your Hobham represented with Phil Rousey and you got Patoni represented with uh, Mike Spider-Umanga for um, uh, Manu Samoa. Or were they, were oh. they Western Samoa or were they still Samoa? Yeah. Western Samoa. I forgot about that. 
Western Samoa, perhaps back then. Um, I'm uh, going to hark back to uh, kickers who were on minnow teams. Yes, let's hear it. Can't wait. So Sri Lanka's kicker was Bandaranayaka. What a player. Who played on the left wing, so he was their best player, fending. Yep. Um, Pace. He, he was bald. Yep. And I imagine he had a hoop gold earring as well. <laughs> but I could be wrong. Um, I've got lots on the nose. Should I just keep going? Yeah, don't stop. On Bandaranayaka, though, he has to be the best player from a non-World Cup team. Like, and it's not even close. Oh, I've got a few here. Okay, let's let's keep going. Uh, I in the Asia Cup, I often went Hong Kong because I like their crazy Waikato coloured jerseys. Um, particularly going going in well. <laughs> who I think was the halfback Billington. Tuivai. <laughs> Hong Kong were a favourite of mine. My all-time favourite was uh, from Romania. And I don't know why I would have played with Romania very often. <laughs> <laughs> they were a World Cup team around those times. They were a World Cup team. They were. Nikitian. <laughs> who was their what first is- five. Well, did it, was he any good or you just know his name? Based, and that's the funny part, you know his name. Because uh, I wouldn't have played with him very often, but because he was the first five, you probably heard him all the time. And he had a, he had a good boot, decent boot. Do you just remember this? So I remembered most of those, but it also took me going back to ESPN.com for... World Cup qualifiers from 1993. Oh, and 1994. Right. So I was going to say, finding footage of the minnows on YouTube is really hard. It's impossible. Mm, yeah. Like I tried to, I was like, oh, I'll have a look at some Jonas on YouTube. There's not actually much there. And I remember playing with a whole bunch of different teams. Just as you know, you get bored and you just want to try, try out a team you haven't played with. See, yeah. Let's see, yeah. let's see the German lineup for the 95 season and. Um, but there was a German team. There was a German team, and the um, it was a player. Maybe it was Kum, K U M M, or something like that. It wasn't funny when we were twelve. Um, yeah, I mean, Horikoshi as well. I mean, Horikoshi just the the developers were having a laugh. He was about four foot one at the most, and a great fender. That was we all found that to be hilarious, of course. Uh, playing playing height and weight, six, uh, five foot three, 63 kgs, apparently. Is that true? It's Muggsy yeah. Bogues-esque. <laughs> yeah, it's it's exactly Muggsy Bogues' height, as you know, Bob. As I know. Um, okay. Um, I, don't, I don't quite have that photographic memory of all the minnows, but um, I just want to very quickly talk about random fenders from those countries. Bandanayaka, any... Others, I mean, Otto was a terrible fender for J- Japan. What was he up to, Otto? You thought he was good, he was hopeless. He's a right winger, that's why. Another glitch in the game, really, isn't it? Right wingers can't all, fend. All, all the left wingers have got, you know, at least one tackle they might break. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, even if they are, you know, the minnow of Minoas, they're going to fend off their back, you know? 
Mm. which means if you are doing a Territories Cup game or whatever and you're coming into contact just before you hit the contact, just turn the other way and fend and then keep going. Mm. I haven't um, I haven't got those fenders in front of me apart from every left winger and probably the number eight. Yeah, number eights. We're fairly mm. reliable in that sense as well. Um, did you have any... This is a very short section, hopefully. Um, it's not going to be the most exciting. Um do we have any kickers you want to shout out um, apart from your McCabe's? I mean, I, I I actually thought Craig Chalmers was a very good player, the Scottish first five. Really good boot on him. Really quick guy. Um, and I thought he was a really underrated player in general because Hast- Gavin Hastings was obviously a legend of the game but was really yeah, slow, really slow and really ha- only had a good boot. Um Anyone else of note there, kicking-wise? Yeah, I've got a couple, Simon. Um, a, a, a underrated kicker, I would say, was Dominguez from Italy. Oh, Diego. Uh, who, who was also the slowest player in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and I personally thought uh, I liked Arbizu from uh, Argentina, I believe. Uh, had a had a decent boot. Maybe I just liked him as a player. I don't know if he necessarily had a massive boot. But Gavin Hastings had a massive boot. Um and Mertens, obviously. Nothing on the kickers. This is this is terrible uh podcasting right now, but does anybody remember the Welsh first five? Because I've got no idea. Uh, it was what it was Jenkins. Was it Jenkins or Jenkins. Um, oh, right. Neil yeah, Jenkins? Yep. 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 He had a decent Jenkins. boot. Yeah, he had a good boot. What, I can't was... remember the Irish first five. Mm, yeah, we just spent all of our time trying I was to about... Gagan, didn't we? So it's it's the, the, honestly, Gagan. the first thing, first thing that came into my head. El, um, Elwood! Gagan. Elwood! <laughs> yes. I got it. Didn't look that up either. Did not look that up. Uh, I was in the process of looking good it up, cool. I admit. Elwood. Definitely Elwood. Yeah, happy with that. Happy with that, Get. Yeah. Um... Okay, yeah, some good kickers there. Yeah, Chalmers, I just he gets forgotten a bit because um, Gavin Hastings did the kicking, but I thought Chalmers was sort of uh, Merton's light. You know, didn't quite have that acceleration off the mark, but was pretty rapid, really, for a first five. You know, uh, well-renowned ball. Merton's turn of speed. Oh, what a turn of speed it was! <laughs> he, he was not an overrated player. Oh, and speaking of overrated players, we've we got <laughs> our next section. How's that for a segue? Yeah, who, says, who says we do serious average podcasting? Um, no, um, I've got a few, sadly, here for overrated players. I've mentioned Otto already, who I think just sucked. Um, but I've got a few others as well. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I know I'm the host and I shouldn't start this, but I'm going to do it. Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the great players of all time. Um, Real fast, but lost his Very turbo. quick. Lost his turbo fairly quickly and also was a bit of a Paul Grayson with ball in hand. If you were running down the yeah. sideline with Jeff Wilson, you know, I don't want to harp Is back that a mug off? That Greg yeah, tackle, but he lost the ball a sick lot. homage to that, uh, that tackle, isn't it? Mm. And you think you can redeem it by putting him at fullback for the Barbarians, but that's a shit mug off. His best uh, ability in in real rugby was impossible to pull off, which is the chip and chase. 
Oh, it would taste so good. Yeah, I mean, I, look, he was a good player. I just feel slightly overrated in Lomus by the powers that be. Or perhaps the 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 developers who we know lots about underrated him by making him a bit shit. Yes, very fair, very fair. So that's speaking one of, of the my... developers, you had that T Williams, who was the fullback of Rage, who was the biggest man of the game. He wasn't actually that good. Of course, how good Mather was. Yeah, more of a novelty, wasn't he? Mm, just big. He was huge. Um, overrated. I'll throw out a uh, Ubugu. Oh, great name. 100%. Great name. Commentators loved him. Yeah. Yeah, you wanted, you wanted Ubugu to run through a whole team, and all he was good for was one fend and then getting smashed. Yeah. And slow, my Very. God. The guy couldn't run. How British of him. Yeah, I've only got, Go I've got, uh, well, pretty much every right winger in the game, um, particularly fantastic wingers, real life wingers like um, Campesi mm. and right. Yay and Evans. Can I say, can I say, just to quibble with those selections a little bit here, Sam? No, no, no true Lomu's player is going to say, you know who's good? Campesi. You know, no one, every time yeah, it's not, you got the ball, look, you were gutted. My, my overrated list is, is ve- it's more like a, they were good in real life. Why have not they, why are they not good on Lomus? Um, the other one was that some people who I have heard rate and I'm not on the same page is Rodba. Yeah, very bad player. I'm pretty sure he could only fend <laughs> behind him and possibly Rodba. diagonally to back. Um, but he's my only other one on the over. That's minnow esque. Only if you know to fend off your back. Rod, yeah. Rodber's a good name for this list. I agree. I thought Rodber was um, a very overrated player. He was very big. People got excited when he got the ball, but he could only fend off his back, and he was pretty damn slow. So I, I concur with that. Yeah, and despite being a blonde, bald player, one of the two, who would know? He was easily identifiable because of his size. So you could get excited if he had the ball because you knew that he could fend. Mm. But nine times out of ten, you might get one away and then early in the game you get tackled, later in the game you just cough it up like the rest of the English. Mm -hmm. I agree there. Any other names for that overrated list, lads? Brickets. Yeah, nothing for me. I've got lots for underrated. Yeah, I've got a few. I mean, I'm... Yeah, I've got a few underrated players here. I mean, I had Teru Nori Masuho, um, of course, who we've already talked about. Um, and, you know, this this is not a very good name because I feel like he's probably properly rated, but Gagan was just uh, one of the great players in the game. Oh, yes, Dynamite. Yeah. I don't know what that guy looks like in real life either, but he had the <laughs> Jeff Wilson syndrome is he is he bald or is he blonde here uh, nah, blonde. <laughs> definitely blonde he was he blonde because yeah he looks bald in the game yeah he's looking um, him up i need to know he's a great player absolutely great player uh, in his day oh, I don't yeah. why. all right i've got very irish looking man that's for sure <laughs> i've got two names that have already been mentioned which is craig chalmers and masami horikoshi I don't know if this one is underrated, but he's just, you can only tackle Olo Brown with a smother tackle. 
Otherwise, you're leaving a trail of defenders in your wake. He makes Craig Dowd look very average in comparison for your propers for the All Blacks. Like Craig Dowd was average. Get that that game at the stadium. Get your hands out the ruck, Craig Dowd. Bloody hell. And (laughs) Eels kicked the penalty to win. Don't talk about it. I was there. (laughs) Me, Me and Lee went together and... He didn't talk for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> Just like he doesn't talk during the hucker. Um, Speaking of eels, was there, was there any forwards that kicked goals in Jonas? Great question. Have you come across that? Great uh, question, and I don't think so. The only one would have been eels, but it was Liner that kicked goals in. Yeah. Sorry, Sam. I'm just going to stop you there. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, go. Go for it, mate. Uh, I thought, slight home. Was good. Was underrated. Definitely underrated. Definitely underrated. Um, Gavin from the Aussie. He was Tim good. Gavin. What a I was player. waiting for you to say Hastings after that. Gavin Hastings. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're just talking about Gavin. I was a fan of uh, Doddy Weir from Scotland. The lock. Weir. And my most favourite Lomu's player of all time. Welsh halfback Rob Howley, who could fend all the way around. Wow! Howley, he'd still be coaching somewhere in the world. He was on the yeah, Welsh yes. What a name! What a name, Rob Howley, to pull out. I had no idea he could fend all the way around. Do, do a territories risk. couple do that with Wales? I don't know who was underrated or overrated because, like the most of my Jonah's rugby was played inside my house against my brother. So, I mean, who was rating people outside of that house? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a very fair point. I think one name that I have is um, English, I think number eight, Dean Richards. Um, Rod Burt was sort of the glamour man with the blonde hair, you know, big guy. Dean Richards was quite small, kind of ginger-ish. Yeah, gingerish hair, I think. And he was quick. He could fend all around. And his turbo didn't run out really quickly. And I think if you could recognise who Dean Richards was, that was the key because he, he didn't stand out like a rod. But if you could recognise like who he was, people didn't often give him the respect of a smother and you could just fend your way through. But if people were willing to smother, you could sort of beat people with pace. So Dean Richards is my pick for the most underrated player in the game. That's him for mine. That's fair. I mean... I barely remember him, so for you to give that <laughs> that that sizable review and, and uh, you know, I don't that, remember that, him at all. It says to me he was really underrated because clearly I didn't rate him enough to remember him. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, all right. Any anything else uh, on the underrated players list before we go to Sean for an important announcement? I've got one more thing before uh, the important announcement. It just came to me earlier while we were talking. So, what is the unbeatable Lomu's player? I'm not talking about like a player in the game. I'm talking about like the characteristics of a game player. Um, who is that? That type of player? Like, I'm thinking someone who's extremely fast button masher. Oh, I've got to be good at the ruck. Um, but what else? Like in terms of maybe tactics. Um, uh, taking advantage of glitches. Someone that's good at 
bunting, fending, offloads, rucking and scoring <laughs> tries off the walls and kicking the ball out as soon as they're ahead at the full time. I think, it de- I think Pat brings up a good point. Like, it depends on the rules. But the best players I played with were really good at rucks and really good at offloads. And they were both acceptable parts of the game where I played. So, like, but then there's someone like Cam, who Simon played a lot with, where there were no offloads. So, but what made Cam so good? That he's a completely different player to. Oh, but if he had offloads, he'd still be really good as well. Um, yeah, I think he was just good lines. I think um, Pat alluded earlier to the fact that actually, a, a, if you ran a good line um, in the midfield, that was often far more effective than a um, sidestep. Um, ran good lines and just quick passing really was really effective. I think the the lines thing is really important because a, a lot of people would tend to spread left to right, left to right, left to right. But people who were able to cut inside without the step, just the natural cut inside, could mm. really tear up through the middle. Yeah, it looked a big the part best of the game. Well. Much it easier to so do good. on South Terrace. Shut up. Well, I've got one more underrated that would have to go in just because I'm going through the 95 World Cup, just seeing what the finishing order was. I reckon an underrated team would have to be Ivory Coast because apparently they played in the 95 World Cup. Brito. Max Brito. May he have a happy life after he was sadly paralysed in the um, 95 World Cup. Ah, Unbelievable. The Ivorian coasters are a great part of the game, to be honest. You know, like, that's not something you expect to see in a rugby playing game and to have them in there yeah, as part of your minnow yeah. selection. What a team. That's yeah, fantastic. I can't believe how many teams they put in. <laughs> Unbelievable. You can't even get the all-whites in a FIFA game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we just talked about what makes a great player, the attributes for a great player. Um, Bob, you want to sort of talk about something that's a possibility? Look, the most important thing of my college years was the Jonah Lomu Rugby Tournament. <laughs> and, um, you know, we played for a pretty big shield, courtesy of Valley Indoor Sports. And, you know, they're my fondest memories, even if our last tournament did end in a letterboxing incident that I won't bring up again. Um, and so what I'd like to do, what I'd like, wish it was the 90s, to provide for the people of Aotearoa in New Zealand is a Lomu's tournament. Rules yeah, yeah. rules to be uh, decided. Um, format to be decided based on numbers, but um, create a event on Facebook um, where if you uh, click attending, you'll be registered as a player. Uh, but also you can reach out to us, any of us personally or via our Gmail, W-I-W-T-9-0-S at gmail.com. Or, That's not happening. <laughs> or, or just turn up on the day. Um, I think we'll have a, a small window for registrations. But, yeah, you know, I'd love to see a tournament happen um, and – and I think I think as long as 
our fans are prepared to help us out with maybe a, a few discs, a few controllers, maybe even a um, PS1 or PS2 or two. Uh, I think we can run a, an amazing tournament for people like ourselves who absolutely love this game. So that's what I'd love to see. And I think uh, I think it's possible, but we will need a bit of support to get there. So if you think you're the best player, find your copy of Lomu's and get in touch. And, and <laughs> we'll run an exceptional tournament. And... Um, I think it'll be the culmination of everything this podcast has been building towards. There'll be giveaways. There will be giveaways. We can put something together. There'll be optional letterboxing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit of egging. But yeah, that, this, I mean... This was definitely the, big, the biggest game of the 90s, especially around the Hutt Valley. So I think we can get a pretty good crew together for a tourney. Yeah, yeah. It, look, and and the and the numbers don't really matter, you know. Little, small numbers, brown robin, big numbers, knockout. You know, we'll provide opportunities for people to come in early and practice. You know, like this could be the greatest thing that's happened, maybe ever. <laughs> <laughs> can we do it like a seven storm though? Like you got like you know you can play for the plate and then the. Yeah, yeah. Idea. I mean, I, if it's anything like all there's a few of us that haven't played any other game since Lomu's went out of. Pat's know, scribing his name on the horse's ass trophy <laughs> already. <laughs> Just trying to make an excuse early on in the piece. Well, if you're interested in that, hit us up in the slacks. Um, thanks for listening. It's been a great podcast. And um, we don't have a professional outro that we do. We just school. Yeah, Sean's going to sign us off, I think. Oh, is he? Is he? Yeah, I've got something. Here we go. <laughs> it's just a consolation podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>